Welcome to the Chronically Online Podcast. I'm your host, Ottawa Sebastian. On this podcast, I will be discussing issues and fascinating trends on the app TikTok. Occasionally, I will have some guests on the show to provide some different perspectives on current trends. For this episode, I will be talking about true crime content on TikTok and how it might be doing more harm than good. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Chronically Online Podcast. The first time I was exposed to true crime was in early 2018, right after the Parkland shooting. I was watching a YouTuber I really enjoyed at the time, Ready to Glare. She would do deep dives into strange communities on Tumblr, like communities that encouraged people to shoplift or communities that would glorify drug use. She covered the true crime community on Tumblr, which was full of young teenagers romanticizing serial killers and mass shooters. This was right after the Parkland shooting, and and seeing posts romanticizing the school shooter was just horrifying to see. But I was morbidly curious, so I decided to check it out for myself, and what I saw was awful. There were posts about the Columbine shooters. People would make fan edits of them just talking about going on and on about how attractive they were and how much they sympathized with them. Just really, really scary stuff to see. According to knowyourmeme.com, the true crime community sometimes referred to as the true crime fandom is an online community which focuses on mass murderers, serial killers, and similar criminals. Now, not everyone in the true crime community romanticizes these killers. Around the time I found out about the community, I noticed the reception towards them was pretty negative. But as the years went on, YouTubers and podcasters would go into great detail about famous murder cases which would sometimes get up to millions of views. The romanticization of killers has become less of a problem on social media, with these apps usually taking swift action to delete these accounts when reported by concerned people online. True crime lately has not been so poorly received because of normal everyday people recounting these cases online. Um, Some of these people could do their makeup or eat large portions of food while talking about these cases, which can make the listener more comfortable. I've seen a lot of people online say that they enjoy listening to true crime in the background while they're doing their homework or doing their chores. I had always kind of been interested in crime shows or like police procedural shows, but not like documentaries, more like um, Law & Order SVU or Chicago PD. I think watching SVU kind of was a little bit comforting in a way that Mariska Hardigay, who plays... um, the lead detective Olivia Benson is just so um, she's such like a victim's advocate. She was always making sure that the victim in the cases she would get would get justice, and she was almost always on their side, helping them through the legal process and stuff like that. And it was just very interesting to see how a unit of the police would solve these um, these cases and knowing that these cases were fictional. I mean, before every episode, they always say, the show is entirely fictional. So watching these episodes, some of them were very emotional. Now, SVU and Chicago PD didn't really affect me because I knew it was purely fictional, and I knew that they were all just actors, even though it seemed pretty believable at first. It was easy to remind myself, hey, this isn't real. Because some of these episodes obviously were very... um were very graphic. Just knowing that it didn't actually happen gave me a little bit of comfort. But seeing all these true crime videos of people talking about real-life murder cases and rape cases was just really scary for me to see. 
at first I was morbidly curious. So even though I knew watching like true crime content would scare me, I still couldn't stop for some reason because it was like I couldn't stop watching. Um, so when I did used to watch true crime, I would only watch one YouTuber. Her name was Eleanor Neal. She didn't do her makeup in her videos. She didn't eat in her videos. There was no dramatic music or editing or anything like that. It was very straight to the point uh, recounting these cases. And I noticed the videos that were more gory or had a lot of, or were very graphic, those videos would get the most views. So when I would try to watch those like really graphic videos, it would give me really bad anxiety. I would have nightmares of people chasing me down, trying to kill me. And at first I didn't realize it was because I was watching all this true crime content, but then later on I realized, oh my God, I'm subjecting myself to this and it's it's like driving me crazy because it's, it's so, so awful to hear, but I can't look away. I tried looking at other YouTubers to see their style of telling these true crime cases. And after seeing people like Stephanie Sue, who do like large mukbangs while talking about these cases or makeup YouTubers who would do their makeup while talking about these cases, it was just very gross for me to see. I was still like pretty young, but even I knew then, like this stuff is pretty um, insensitive to just be talking about, oh, today we're gonna be eating this fried chicken and we're gonna be talking about someone who was like dismembered. Like I'm pretty sure that was an actual video that I saw or people doing their makeup and going into great detail about the different products they're using. And if you go in the YouTube comments, it's mostly people just saying like, oh, your makeup looks great. You look great in this video. That's something that bothered me about watching Eleanor Neal's videos. Um, she would constantly go. That's something that bothered me about Eleanor O'Neill's videos because even though she wouldn't talk about the makeup she was wearing and even though she didn't do anything really um, other than tell what happened in the video, there were tons and tons of comments just focusing on her appearance saying like, oh, you're very pretty. You look very good in this video. Not really talking about the actual victim and the case that she's talking about. I saw a, a YouTube video recently that kind of turned me off from true crime and it was this girl saying that she found out that Eleanor Neal made a video about, uh, I believe, the murder of a young girl in London a couple months ago. And the victim's sister had commented on the video saying, this is inaccurate. Um, a lot of this stuff isn't is like false, like what you're saying. Can you please remove this video? And... Apparently, a bunch of people were attacking the victim's sister, uh, trying to defend Eleanor Neal. It was just really sad to see how no, how barely anyone was really, was really sticking up for the victim's sister and how they were defending like a true crime content creator over someone who was actually personally affected by this case. Now, I think after the victim's sister reached out to her management, Eleanor Neal's management, I believe that video was taken down, but she didn't have any direct communication to Eleanor Neal and she found that kind of disrespectful that she had that Eleanor had to speak through her management, not just directly talk to the, the victim's sister. And seeing that kind of turned me off from true crime because it made me realize, I mean, you can present these cases, like literally anyone can just do their own research about th these cases and then still fabricate some stuff or still leave out some certain information. You just can't really trust anyone to be telling the full story. The true crime has also kind of been exploding on TikTok, um, which is what I wanted to talk about, but I also wanted to show that true crime originally kind of spread on, um, on podcasts and on YouTube. 
But true crime on TikTok has kind of been worse, I believe. Recently in November, four college students were murdered in there. There were two other people in the house, I believe. They were not physically injured. For about a month, the the public did not know who committed these murders. And I think that kind of spurred people to make their own conspiracies or theories about what happened. I think people took it upon themselves to try and solve the case themselves even though behind the scenes the police were working very hard to find the suspect and they eventually did but i believe they were trailing him first before um they eventually arrested him which i think the the public just was not aware of because i had seen a lot of people trying to point fingers at the people that the college students i believe there was one tiktok psychic who after reading tarot cards, came to the conclusion that the killer was one of their professors at the University of Idaho. The lady who was accused ended up, I believe, suing that TikToker for defamation um, because I believe this lady was going on her TikTok, um, going on and on about how she wasn't going to back down from saying that the professor was the killer. I talked about this in my first episode with Emmy, but there was one night where I could barely sleep and I was on my phone on TikTok and I saw there was a live stream of these three people talking about what they think was happening with the the murder case, kind of trying to come up with their own theories of, okay, how did the, mur- the murderer enter the house? Which room did they go to first and stuff like that? And I remember being kind of grossed out and just closing my phone. But then a couple hours later, I woke up and I still couldn't fall back asleep. So I went back on my phone and I saw that these people were still live streaming and it was like three in the morning and they were still talking about this case. And it was just so scary to see that these people are taking it so personally like trying to solve the case by themselves. Um, there were a lot of people also really upset with the police for not giving the public a lot of information about what was happening, which I didn't understand because it was like an open police investigation and they were still trying to find the suspect. And when they did find the suspect, they trailed him before letting the public knew, obviously. But to just see people in like TikTok comments saying like, we deserve to know what's happening. Like the why are the police hiding this from us? And then when the police eventually did find the suspect and arrested him, people were still not happy and were still saying, I don't believe this. I think something something's up. Like This feels like a cover-up. Because one of the girls who survived in the house, she was not physically injured, I believe she hid. She heard some noises coming from the rooms where her friends were murdered. Obviously, at the time, she did not know they were being murdered. But she heard some strange noises and heard a man's voice. So what she did was she closed the door and like hid there and waited a couple hours before she left her room and called the police and because she had seen what she had just left her room and saw what happened and for some reason people came to the conclusion that she had something to do with the crime because she waited a couple hours to call 911 but i don't think people understand that you cannot just make these conclusions without knowing what she had been put through i mean to have four of your friends murdered while you were hiding in your room and you didn't know what was happening. I mean, obviously, if she had heard more noises and if she believed that her friends were in danger, obviously she would have, she would have called 911, but she didn't really know that. So she was she, all she did was hit, hide in her room, which I understand because I currently live in um, a house with multiple roommates and lots of people come in and out. A lot of people I don't know sometimes will come in and I'm just a very shy person. So if I hear someone I don't, no, when I hear them walking around, I will try and stay in my room. Not that I think that they're bad people, it's just I'm scared to run into them because I'm very shy. 
Um, so it's understandable why she would, why her first thought after hearing a strange man's voice was to hide because she didn't, she didn't recognize it and she probably didn't want to run into them because it was, it was, I believe like four in the morning. But some people were like jumping to the conclusion that she had something to do with it. Um, they didn't believe the police when they found the suspect and paparazzi were like following her everywhere, like her leaving her house, uh, her family's house. And it was just really disgusting to see seeing these comments that would get like thousands of likes of people saying something is suspicious something seems off about this girl even though the police had just cleared her cleared her name that she had explained what happened and and they let her go obviously after talking to her they realized okay this she had nothing to do with it but for some reason people were still not believing the police when they said that her name was cleared i would also see videos of people kind of acting like they knew the victims personally Um, by posting pictures of the victims and writing things like I don't know you but I I know that if we had met each other before we'd be good friends like every time I hear this song I think of the one of the girls that was killed because apparently she had like a favorite song and a lot of people were playing it on TikTok saying like oh I'm thinking of her now like we would have been best friends if we knew each other and it was just really strange to see that people were taking something like this so personally. I understand it was very horrific and it was very scary to see because they were so young. I believe they're only like 20, 21, pretty much around the same age as me. So finding out about this case was just awful and horrible. But to see people making accounts solely dedicated to talking about these victims, like they knew them personally, it was just really strange and kind of inappropriate because, I mean, just think about the victim's family seeing all these people online talk, act like they knew these people or talking about these people like they were best friends. I just wanted to talk about this one TikTok I saw recently. It's actually a weird coincidence that I saw this right when I'm about to talk about this on my podcast. But someone posted a video saying, the fact that America is shocked that yes, FBI had like 50 cops break into Koberger's home, the suspect's home, at 4 a.m. They were just waiting to catch him in the act, which they did. They're the FBI for a reason. And the caption says, have a little faith in the system. This was very refreshing to see. Finally, someone speaking out about how crazy people were acting about this case and how people were not really listening to the police when they were investigating and when they finally revealed their real suspect to the world. A lot of people still didn't believe them. Um, some comments that I liked <laughs> are, you realize the, ca- the cops in a case like this need to secure a conviction before the arrest. They need as much evidence as possible. I truly wish the public would have learned to mind their business where it was needed because I have never seen a case more disrespected and turned into entertainment for people. I mean, another comment that I saw um, that I had liked said, yes, the amount of people who thought they were entitled to knowing every detail of the case was astonishing and entitled. Which is true because people did act very entitled with this case thinking that the police were not giving enough information and because of that, something was something was strange about this case. When really it was just an active, open police investigation, they're not gonna tell the public every single thing if they're still trying to find the suspect or if they're just tracking him. Like it obviously makes sense to like withhold that information for now. After that, I was like, I don't even wanna consume this type of content anymore. It's just making these people act crazy, act like they think they know better than the police. I noticed that when I stopped watching these videos, stopped watching true crime videos, 
my anxiety was lessened because because um, I wasn't constantly hearing about, oh, this person was murdered, oh, this person, this happened to them. Not hearing about all these murder cases all the time made me like less paranoid because I tend to be a very paranoid and anxious person. And I don't understand how people can just watch true crime and not be affected by it. I don't understand how true crime content creators can just talk about like these people losing their lives while eating fried chicken or while doing their makeup. It just makes no sense to me. And I do not understand how people try and defend them and say like, well, it's it's more comforting for the, li- for the listener to listen to this type of stuff because, you know, they're doing something with their hand. Like people saying like, oh, I watch these true crime content creators because they kind of soften what's being said and it makes me less nervous. It's kind of strange because of course a murder case should make you uncomfortable and because it because someone lost their life it shouldn't be like gossip for like youtube or tiktok it's it's something that happened and these victims had family members that they loved that are still grieving even though the killers in these cases even if they are in jail i mean that doesn't mean that the victim's family suffering just stops i mean it's still there they're gonna relive it every single day and having people make youtube videos talking about their family member like gossiping with their friend is disgusting um it's dehumanizing it's insensitive there is a way to consume this content ethically i believe i'm just gonna give a shout out to some youtube channels that do have true crime content but they're not um, insensitive. One YouTube channel that I sometimes listen to now and then when I'm in the right headspace is a channel called Dreading. And what they do is they go over um, true crime cases. Dreading has, I believe, 495,000 subscribers and their most popular video has 2.6 million views. Um, they cover some pretty well-known cases like Jared Fogel, um, Josh Duggar, Bianca Devins. They talk about these cases, but they never show their faces and it's not it's not like it's not like comforting to listen to it's not a person doing their makeup or eating food it's just a voiceover kind of focusing on like the psychology of these criminals because i i understand why some people want to watch true crime because they want to understand the people's motives why these they commit these awful crimes which is understandable i also am probably i'm pretty interested in that i used to think i wanted to major in criminology but then after hearing from some people who have studied that they said that it's very very draining and sad to be around and i'm i don't think i'm strong enough to work in that field but I still listen to stuff like this from time to time. There's also a channel called JCS Psychology, which is also very, very popular again. A lot of these channels I've noticed recently look at the interrogation footage of these suspects and kind of pause and then say like, talk about their body language, kind of focusing more like the psychology of these people who commit these awful things. It's very intriguing to watch and listen to. Obviously you shouldn't watch these videos and automatically assume you know everything about a suspect. I've heard of something called the CSI effect, which is the CSI effect, um, according to San Jose State University, uh, was first described in the media as a phenomenon resulting from viewing forensic and crime-based television shows. This effect influences jurors to have unrealistic expectations of forensic science during a criminal trial and affect jurors' decisions in the conviction or acquittal process. Which, I mean, I've seen this type of stuff online. After the University of Ohio murders, people in the comments or making videos 
acting like they know how to solve this case or trying to look for clues that the police might have not seen before. It's very obvious that they probably just watch a lot of stuff like Criminal Minds or something like that. Because when I watch stuff like SVU, I know that it's very heavily dramatized and very, very exaggerated in the way that police solve crimes. Because these cases get solved within like a week, like a, like a week probably on SVU. But I know in real life, it does, it's, it's never that short. I mean, it's a long process to go through these cases, find a suspect, and then, when, and then take them to court and then present all the evidence. Like, I know it's not going to take just a couple of days. I know it's going to take a while. So obviously, true crime in and in of itself is not bad. But I think it can, it can desensitize people to awful stuff like this. And you should not view true crime as entertainment, really. It should be something that you have a morbid curiosity about and you just want to learn about what actually happened. Um, but to, just to view it as something like enjoyable, like to, like I've seen people say like, oh, I'm a true crime fan. I love learning about murders and all these awful things. It's very strange to see. I understand having a morbid curiosity. I believe a lot of people do. But you just, if you consume true crime content, you have to be very, you have to be very mindful of the content you're watching. And you have to be very mindful of people you're supporting. If you support channels that do makeup while they're talking about these cases or eat food while they're doing their cases, is that really someone you want to give your time and attention to? I think people just need to understand that when I think people just need to understand when they're watching or consuming true crime content, just keep in mind that what happened is real. It's true crime for a reason. That's why it's called true crime. You have to be very sensitive when you're talking about these people. It's not just purely entertainment. So there's a YouTuber named Kendall Ray, and I she I believe that um, she's very well known for her for working with victims' families setting up GoFundMes, giving them money, having, I believe she has like a Google form that you can submit if you are, um, if you are personally affected by something like this, if you had a loved one that had something awful happen to them, you could fill out this form and explain, I'm, re I'm related to this person, I know this person, here's what happened, here's where you can reach out to, I believe, if you want to send money or raise more awareness about this. I believe that should be the bare minimum. Um, I understand why people are constantly praising her for this but i believe that this should be like normal because a lot of these true crime channels make a lot of money off of telling these cases without donating anything to the victim's families it's like they're profiting off of someone's pain and suffering and it should be the bare minimum to speak to these victims families and raise awareness for them i just believe true crime has desensitized a lot of people to this type of stuff and I've noticed more and more people calling out true crime and criticizing it more. Um, and I, I hope a lot of people become more mindful when they consume this type of content because it's not just gossip. I mean, this stuff really happened. And I imagine how these victims' families feel when they see YouTube videos where their loved one's story is just told while they're eating food or doing makeup. I mean, just keep that in mind when you're trying to find true crime content to consume. Just keep that in mind, that this is real, this actually happened. If you want to actually consume some true crime content that is educational in a way, and is not just purely entertainment, I would, I would check out Dreading and I would check out JCS Psychology. Thanks for listening to the Chronically Online podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. 
This episode was a little rusty because it was my first time with just me being on the mic, but I hope you were able to learn more about true crime on social media and its massive increase in popularity. Stay tuned for the next episode where I talk about mental health advice on TikTok and the hesitancy some people have towards it.